0: So I think that this is really important to say out loud, being an OT in pelvic health is hard and it's magnificent. (laughs) How can it be both at the same time? I feel like when I say those two words together, hard and magnificent, I feel the same way about it that I do when I talk about how many times it's normal to poop a week, right? So normal is up to three times a week or three times a day. And that is such a wide range of normal that I often don't find it a very helpful description. And that's kind of how I feel when I say being an OT in pelvic health is both hard and magnificent. Because how can it be both and how could it fit such a wide range of descriptors? So that's what today's episode is about. New and seasoned OTs are finding their calling in pelvic health. After all, what's more ADL than sex, peeing, and poop? But here's the question. What does it take to become a successful, fulfilled, and thriving OT in pelvic health? How do you go from beginner to seasoned and everything in between? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are inspired OTs. We are out of the box OTs. We are pelvic health OTs. I'm your host, Lindsay Vestal, and welcome to the OTs and Pelvic Health Podcast. I was mentoring one of my OT pioneer alumni students today, and I told her about this podcast episode that I was working on, and. I told her, you know, typically those of us who, I don't know, don't end up pursuing pelvic health, even after we take courses or do our research, it's not that we can't do it, we just don't do it. And in that process, we sometimes end up blaming ourselves. We end up either blaming ourselves or beating ourselves up and telling ourselves that we're imposters and we're not good enough, we're not capable that we were wrong for believing that we could do it or that we end up blaming someone else. We end up blaming someone else, the people who don't believe OTs can do this, the hiring managers, the community we're serving, the people that told us we could do it, right? I have a whole line of people that fit into many of these categories because I got started in pelvic health when it really wasn't, as accepted as it is today. And I feel like this ends up leaving us totally disempowered. Instead of acknowledging this is something I could do, I could be at sex, I could be successful at this, but I'm choosing not to. Here's the thing: you can do this. OTs are capable and they can do this work and they can be wildly successful as they choose to be. Wildly successful internally, because I'm going to tell you straight up, this is the most rewarding specialty an OT can be in. And our clients thrive. Our clients love to be seen and heard and looked at in this very holistic way that isn't unrealistic, that isn't like, hey, I want you to spend... 40 minutes a day doing clamshells and Kegels. It's like, no, let's look at the mindfulness of the mundane. Let's look at what you're already doing in your life. Let's be present for it physically, emotionally, and use our body in a way that moves us closer to our functional goals of healing. And this is possible and this is motivating. This is intrinsically and extrinsically motivating because our clients see a means for the end, right? You're not just randomly giving them exercises that they don't have time to do or aren't interested in doing. You're tying it back to the things they're already incorporating in their life. I'm going to tell you, that is such a fun way to practice pelvic health OT, And our clients love it. The secret to success, in my opinion, is picking a goal and then trying something towards that goal. And if it works, continue to do it. If it doesn't work, stop doing that thing and try something else. But keep going until you achieve what it is you're aching to achieve. Now, is this easy to do all of the time? (laughs) Absolutely not. It is emotionally challenging, but it's easy in the sense that it's not complicated. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to be overeducated. You don't have to have a super high IQ to understand and work hard at this goal. You just have to try something with all of your heart and all of your massive action. And if it works, keep doing it. And if it doesn't, try something else. That's it. Success is hard because you have to show up consistently. And you have to be willing to let people judge you. I have gone live weekly on the OTs for Pelvic Health Facebook group since, oh gosh, I think it was August 2020. There are over 170 replays to date. I started this when I was living in Paris. It was in the midst of COVID and France had really stringent rules. And I'm going to tell you, I missed being around OTs. So I selfishly started this weekly meeting where we just rolled up our sleeves and talked about all things pelvic health. Of course, I worried if what I was saying mattered Did it empower people? I mean, golly, that was the name of the show, OT Empower Hour. Did it live up to its name? Did it add meaning into OT's lives? Did it inspire them that they could do this work? I wondered all of these things. And the reason I wondered and asked myself this is because I let self-doubt Sally creep in. That is my term for imposter syndrome, where we doubt ourselves and we doubt our abilities. And this is really natural. Our nervous system wants to protect us. We are wired for connection. We're wired for sameness. We're wired for convention and falling in line and doing what we're told. And success is hard because when we have those voices of doubt and worry and confusion and failure and humiliation and, oh my gosh, am I enough? Like I was wondering every episode of OT and Power Hour, you know, you may have an experience where you're offering a community workshop and two people show up. I've been there. I did that in New York City when I first started my private practice, the functional pelvis. Literally, like It was one minute before my workshop was supposed to start. No one was there. I was like, how long do I wait? On the dot at 6 p.m. when the workshop was, you know, slated to start, two lovely women walk in and they were girlfriends who were like, oh, my gosh, are we late? I'm like, come in, come in, fill these seats and sit in the front row. Oh, my gosh, those days were hard. They were so hard. How about speaking to a referring party? who you spend a decent amount of time with, you send follow-up. I created a 16-page guide. Uh, It was called Caring for Your Back, Core, and Pelvic Floor that I printed and spent weeks pouring over, making it perfect. And they never sent anyone to me, right? We've all gone through these things or some version of it. Showing up every day, not being told how to do it, and having to figure that out, that is hard. You have to constantly be learning new things. Your brain is constantly in discovery and curiosity and learning mode, and that's hard. Overcoming the obstacles and the doubt and the fear, stepping out of what people expect of you, stepping out of what the group of people that are all doing it differently and standing alone is hard being an OT is different than being a PT. It's true. And while this is incredible, and I'm so proud of our differences, I have often felt like a lone wolf. That's why I started the OTs for Pelvic Health Facebook group back in 2016. I didn't want to feel like a lone wolf anymore. 2016 was a really critical year for me. It was the year I attended the Diane Lee integrated systems model three week training. It took place over nine months, three different weeks. I had to fly from New York city out to Canada for this. And I learned so much. And one of the things that I learned during that time was that I could stop practicing like a PT in OT's clothing because I was, I learned all of these techniques that were biomechanical and that were orthopedic in nature because that's what my mentors told me I had to do. You guys, I was miserable. I felt like I was a salmon swimming upstream. I thought, this is what every fiber in my being wants to do. Why doesn't it feel good? Why don't I feel fulfilled at the end of the day? And when I went to Diane's series, I realized, and it hit me so hard, that there was more than one way to be a pelvic floor therapist. I could follow that inner voice inside me that was saying, look at their occupations. Look at what matters to them. In fact, if you show up and they're really emotional, just sitting there listening to them, that is a therapeutic session. I didn't have to put hands on them. I certainly didn't have to do an internal exam for it to be therapeutic and to help their system to feel safe and at ease and capable of change. Because if I had barreled through that session where my client was on the verge of tears because she felt like her role transition into becoming a mother was much more challenging and she felt out of place, if I just said, well, My agenda today is to teach you how to squat, how to lift your baby up off the floor with ease, and how to do 10 Kegels three times a day. Do you think her nervous system would have been in a place where she was ready to receive that information? Do you think she would have been able to digest it and potentially do it three to five times a week? Absolutely not. Being able to pivot and go, Therapeutic use of self, my clinical reasoning is saying, I need to do this differently today. I need to give this client a feeling of safety in her body so she can do things that are even more important than the pelvic floor. I'm going to say that again. There are things, I'm a pelvic floor OT, but there are things that are more important than the pelvic floor. My client's sleep hygiene, my client's ease of becoming a mother in this dramatic role transition, my client's relationship with herself, my client's sense of well-being, her budding new relationship with her partner now that they brought a baby into this room, a baby into this world. That matters more. That is the foundation of building safety and a sense of, you know, I can do this And she needs that before she needs to know how to do a Kegel. And so (laughs) I want to really encourage you to step into who you are and how you want to practice pelvic health. Because once you do it, you practice it, you evolve, and you become better at it. And you overcome the obstacles. You become less fragile. You become more emotionally resilient, and you learn how to not quit. You learn how to not take other people's opinions of you so seriously. And you remember that life is meant to be lived loudly. And this is your chance. If you don't do it, you will be the world's best kept secret. And as the saying goes, we can do hard things. The harder they are, the stronger we get. The stronger we get, the bigger things we do. And this is a beautiful cycle. Treat yourself with respect, curiosity, love, and know that you are 100% worthy to be in this magnificently rewarding field. Get out there and step into however you feel called to treat your clients, biomechanical, biopsychosocial, movement-based. Just follow that inner voice that calls you there because this is how your clients will get better. This is how your clients will become the detective to their own body. And this is how we shine a light on the world that is authentic and genuine and ours. Thanks for listening to another episode of OTs and Pelvic Health. If you haven't already, hop onto Facebook and join my group, OTs for Pelvic Health, where we have thousands of OTs at all stages of their pelvic health career journey. This is such an incredibly supportive community where I go live each and every week. If you love this episode, please take a screenshot of this episode on your phone and post it to IG, Facebook, wherever you post your stuff, and be sure to tag me and let me know why you like this episode. This will help me to create in the future what you want to hear more of. Thanks again for listening to the OTs and Pelvic Health Podcast.